Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Kevin. And I'm John. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look back at some of our favorite action movies from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies, and we're breaking them all the way down. We're going to get into the nitty gritty and examine the good, the bad, the ugly, and the laughable in these movies. But we're always coming from a place of love. You don't watch these movies as much as we have unless you have a genuine affection for them. Hi, John. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> Happy holidays, friend. Happy holidays. We've been away for a few weeks, but we're back. That's right. I've, I've had rumblings from some of the fan base. Being Have like, you really? Yeah, I've been like, when are you guys going to get back on? Because I haven't had any, I can't go three Mondays without listening. That nice. Was, that's from Andrew. That's we the love best, you, Andrew. That's the best thing I've ever heard. Shout out to Andrew and shout out to his new podcast that he's launched. Yes. Used to be cool, it's called. I'm angling to be a guest on there at some you point. You dog. Yeah, I want to get on. I, they talk about music, their favorite music, old and new. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're seems not familiar like a with? cool premise. Yeah, it's they want to very, like very cool. Premise. Get into the deep cuts. Uh, introduce you to some new music, maybe some old music you never listened to. I'm into it. Yeah, totally. I was li- I was vibing with some of their picks on like their favorite Bowie songs. Yeah, and favorite. Yeah. So anyway, check them out. Used to be cool. I think it's on most of the podcast platforms. Yeah. And also shout out to our friends on the Last of the Action Heroes podcast network. Hope you've been enjoying our series on Beastmaster, which I loaded up. John's Maiden Voyage. Oh, those those were golden days. They were. In I, the sunshine recorded around the same time. Youth. I think we recorded them around the same time of year, as I yeah, recall. It was like I a Christmas Eve so. visit. Yep. So, yeah. Probably to see ye old Arnold clan when they lived in Georgia. Yeah, for everyone, the, for the trek up north. <laughs> And we are back with a, a special holiday gift to our... our uh, <laughs> this is our gift to you, really. loyal <laughs> listeners. We're going to finally talk about the Schwarzenegger Christmas movie. I love you. Jingle all the way. We're, we're finally going to talk about it. We, yeah, I mean, been, I feel like... It's been pent up. Yes. <laughs> I didn't grow up watching this movie, obviously. It came out when I was beyond watching this type of movie, so I only yeah. saw it maybe a few years ago. Yeah, I would say this was... It's a very Home Alone type movie absolutely and it's probably like what seven years past the time when you'd be like yes let's go watch another home alone movie. yeah and it came out like just flat on the heels of um eraser like I, it feels like this yeah. movie was cranked out in a hurry yeah, in a lot yeah of ways. it definitely does like we gotta have this shit in theaters by christmas so that's <laughs> how arnold works baby <laughs> yes but it's got a lot of redeeming qualities a lot of like genuine great laughs for me yeah i agreed and this was my first time ever having watched it all the way through okay yeah and uh and yeah like most of these movies i was like yeah i would have watched this and loved it at the time (laughs) parents probably would not have liked it but it's like this piece anything to stupefy the kid it's almost this is one of those movies where it's like drop the kids off and go do christmas shopping and then come back and get them absolutely 86 minutes brief minutes later or whatever it was before we get to it deep into the bourbon and the movie i do want to give a shout out being that it's holiday season that's right to um 
a diehard alum movie alum who passed away. Clarence Gilliard Jr. Rest in peace. Played Theo in Die Hard. Classic role. I yeah, he been in like you were pointing out some of his work that he'd done that he was like the gambling like outfit runner in Okinawa and Karate Kid right, 2. Right, the dude like running the ice breaking. Uh, you think you can do better, Big Shot? Or whatever, like, yeah. Yeah. I loved that. Um, Sundown and uh, Top Gun. Which is, yeah, which I did not appreciate until after you told me that. I was like, damn, he was He, yeah, was, he was busy. He was doing his, things. Yeah, as the token black guy, unfortunately, but like as notable characters in like just memorable roles. And Walker, Texas Ranger was like yeah. his claim to fame, I yeah. guess. And then I was... Uh, like happy to see that he had been working these many years, the last few years as a uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas associate professor in the College of Fine Arts, and that's like that's the gig that he'd had the that's last. So I guess like he'd teaching been like theater te- classes. Yeah, I think and so. Stuff? Like teaching acting. That's awesome. Yeah. The thing you could say about him, though, he never reached like lofty levels of fame. He always turned in a killer performance from everything I've ever seen him in. Like, yeah, agreed. He was always a strong point in every movie he was in. Yeah. So rest in peace to Clarence. Yeah, we appreciate. We raise you, a man. glass. Yeah, we do definitely. What are we drinking tonight in uh, honor of Clarence? Well, you may have heard on previous podcasts, John and I took a a, a journey, a, a pilgrimage <laughs> to Kentucky <laughs> to drink bourbon, and I came back with Boone County Distilling Company's uh, Kentucky Pot Still Bourbon. I think it's delicious. I, I agree it's, with you. Uh, it's got a little, yeah, it's a little, it's good for the winter time. It's good for the holiday season. It's got a little cinnamony yeah, it's, spice It's a little bit it. of a winter warmer for sure. Yeah. It, do, it does have a, a little holiday spice. I had a ginger snappy. Of, I had a tech sin, uh, a ginger ginger snap. Gingerbread. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. Um, so shout out to you guys. We just polished the bottle off. Yeah, uh, <laughs> both of our glasses are full. Well, they were they before were. we started. <laughs> <laughs> so this is going to be an interesting uh, night as we yeah. talk about Jingle All the we'll Way. We'll be incoherent by the by the last episode. Directed by, from what I could gather, just a true hack, uh, <laughs> Brian Levant. What, you didn't like Beethoven or the Flintstones movies? Or Snow Dogs? Yeah, I never saw. He is was that just Cuba that, Gooding Jr., right? Yeah, he was just that dude, I think. Yeah. He could crank out. Family-friendly fare in a hurry. No muss, no fuss. Not going to win you any awards. Love Charles Grodin in Beethoven, though. <laughs> the first Beethoven. Yeah, I never, I don't think Do I ever saw Do you remember that movie, movie where the dude, like the villains, they had like hollow point bullets or like something that Hell they were no. like, gonna, they were going to like shoot the dog what in the head the with? What was the plot of that? They had I, the, 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 the St. Bernard. Yeah. Beethoven. But the, I feel like the, the, the Beethoven had been like witness to a drug crime or something. Sort of like. Could um, talk? Sort of like a <laughs> fucking turn hooch. So it was like, like I feel like it, it was, was a similar like, plot. It was like witness. I, in fact, I maybe. <laughs> In fact, in fact, I may be <laughs> conflating the two. But, <laughs> oh, but, wait, was he Amish? <laughs> was it Witness? Yeah, I think Beethoven was Harrison Amish. Ford. You we can see it. Charles Gordon playing the well, Harrison could, Ford He couldn't grow a beard, so the drool was the beard. <laughs> anyway, Fuck. anyway, he, he yeah, Beethoven but and the Flintstones I definitely movie. saw that he directed the sequel of uh, Flintstones' Viva Rock Vegas. He's He apparently Amazing. said that, like, he didn't work for a while after this movie. Like, he said it murdered his career for a little while, this one, because I think it was expected, you know, to be a, a success, and it was a, a, a modest success at best. Yeah, well, I mean, it made its money back and then yeah, doubled it. It it did fine. <laughs> I just think uh, yeah, you what? feel like it's a, you know, you well, want that home alone. Not, you want that home alone money. It's not fucking, it's a wonderful life up in here <laughs> with this shit. Yeah, I think they thought maybe it was going to be, though. I, well, well, if that's the case, then... 
What the <laughs> hell? Anyway, we'll and, go on. Uh, written by a dude named Randy Cornfield. The only other movie I recognized from him was he wrote Eight Legged Freaks, which I never saw, but it was yeah. like a B movie, like a giant spider attack mm-hmm. flick. Same. Yeah, I didn't recognize anything else. Brilliant premise for a movie, this, though. Yeah. Like, I was surprised it had not been made already because it's such a simple, like, it's such so fruitful. You could take I it in any direction. I was trying to rack my brain if there was another movie or, like, I'm sure there's stories like it and stuff, but I couldn't think of one off the top of my head Just when like, I tried. Yeah, parents battling for uh, the, the sought after Christmas toy. There are lots of, like, um, are you going to be home in time? For, like, trains, planes, and automobiles yeah. and things like that, but not one, like, where it was, like, capitalism and commercialism at its height like parents behaving badly yeah, like competing that for was the- that was one of the like alternate alternative titles that i thought for this movie it could have like, been, <laughs> yes. like parents behaving badly or, sure. or black friday or something like that it could have been uh one of those things and produced by chris columbus legend yeah that guy he directed home alone mrs doubtfire some of the harry potter movies harry potter wrote the goonies and young sherlock holmes which yeah. has a special place in my heart He's got a little pedigree starring our guy, the the figurehead. That's right. The talisman. Arnold Schwarzenegger playing Howard the Langston. <laughs> He's the head staff. The, right. the headpiece to the staff of Ra. <laughs> the oh, well, shit. The wrong did you watch the preview for the new Indiana Jones? I did. What'd you think? Um, there's a lot of CGing young Harrison Ford. Yeah. Like a lot. I'm of skeptical it. having seen that preview. I'm like, oh. I'm like, I don't know how much of the movie takes place in what decade. Because at some points it's like they're in Egypt. How, it seems like or in the desert somewhere. I think it's like three, I think that's modern. It's like they're skipping time. three different decades. Okay, it seems like because it there's young the, indie. Is it set in the fifties or the sixties? Maybe because we think? I feel like it's set in the sixties, seventies. But then it's like we're jumping back to just like I think we're jumping back all the way to Nazi times and jumping a, forward. What I read was that the cold open of the movie is going to be young Harrison Ford, like Last Crusade age. Yeah, Nazi, Nazi times. castle. Uh, which they showed a little bit of that. And then I'm just yeah. like, I don't know what the fuck's happening. That's the still image that I saw was of a young Harrison Ford in a Nazi outfit. And you I was gotta like, say, it looked on. good. It, it looked, looked good, good but, but I'm like, fuck. But even Harrison Ford was like, he said that he was creeped out by how good it looked. Yeah. But I'm still like, I'm skeptical. That's where I, I'm I also at. want to interject here as saying that I don't know if you watched Dark on Netflix. It was a German sci-fi. No, the time travel yeah. show? I haven't watched it. I heard there's, it's awesome. There's another follow-on series. I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but it's called 1899, which just dropped on Netflix. That's on my queue. Yeah, it's on mine as well, just it. because it's the same, same, a lot of the same actors even. But I watched the Netflix preview. None of those mother, I'm sure they speak English, but I think that Netflix spent money okay. to go back and have the actors' mouths CG'd so that you, the dub that you yeah. hear of the English language it syncs up. Syncs up. Like, you, and syncs up really, really flawlessly. Did you watch the, All Quiet on the Western Front? Not yet. I think they did that. I, Same thing. Man, so I'm, I'm like, I watched the English dub because I was not wanting to read for for three and a half hours but i'm like the lips really sync up with this yeah a keen eye like i was like i know for a fact from watching because i i watched it in i watched it in the german for a couple episodes just to hear what the people's voices sounded like because okay. i wanted to know like the original series the dark series and then i was like i know that that's not that dude's voice yeah and so i was like holy shit they spent a lot of money on the cg of mm. the mouths i don't know how i feel about that 
I don't like it. You know, it doesn't need to sync up. No. If you want to watch the dubbed version, like anyway. Um, anyway, I, yeah, it, the answer but, to your question is I'm cautiously optimistic, but also I love, uh, herself from, uh, a Phoebe, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. She's amazing. We're in love with her. She's, a, she's, I, don't know who she's I think she's gonna be one of Salah's kids. Yeah. He says he, That's he what says that he's like his God, her, her godfather. godfather and I saw like Salah in the open shout out, John Reese Davies. Yeah. We shout love you, Gimli. John Reese Davies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Treebeard. <laughs> tree? I am no tree. I recently watched through after having watched that uh, Rings of Power. I watched yeah. all of the Hobbit, which wasn't as bad as I remember. And then I watched all Lord of the Rings, and uh, Lord of the Rings is fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, it's it's time for a, a the yearly <laughs> rewatch all the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I'm uh, sorry, we took a lengthy uh, <laughs> a lengthy detour. Good luck editing. Yes, Goodbye. no. Uh, <laughs> So the film uh, Jingle All the Way. We also got Sinbad playing the character Myron. Discovered on Star Search. Is that already, right? He's doing stand up. Right. He already had a like a like a a menial career up to that point, but then he was like he finished runner up on Star Search. So I had an ex girlfriend who loved his stand up. Yeah. And I was just like I and we watched it, and I was just like I think it was very much a an uh, an artifact of its time. You know, like the bits didn't age. The 1990 well, HBO special Brain Damaged was one that I watched on loop. I thought that that was the funniest shit I'd ever seen in my life. And I was like, yeah, totally. I can't say that anything else that I've seen him in that I've been like, yeah, that was good. I think he was in um, A Different World, which I didn't watch. The sort mm-hmm. of yeah, he was good, show. yeah, he was good on the show. Um, but apparently Chris Columbus wanted Joe Pesci for the role. But then they thought that he was like too short to be in scenes with Schwarzenegger, that's, like that's which funny. is I don't know. But then they cast Sinbad, who's like taller than Arnold, right? Uh, but also, I only recently found out Sinbad had like a really bad stroke a few years ago and was sort of like in a yeah, vegetative state yeah. for a long time. And apparently, he's like now recovering, and his dream is to he wants to he wants to walk out on stage and do stand up again. Is like what he's working towards. That's amazing. I know, dude. So God bless you, Sinbad. We I hope you make it. To you. He is good in this. Yeah, he's he's. That's he what I'm saying. The dude it. has chops. Yeah. Like, uh, starring also Rita Wilson as Liz Langston, Howard's wife. That's right. As Mrs. Tom Hanks to you, but a star in her own right. Or in maybe the 90s. Tom Hanks is Mr. Rita Wilson. Mr. Rita Wilson, <laughs> his better half. Yeah, they're one of the 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 day that marriage fails is the day that I'm just going to give up on on dating. Yeah, that's it for me. I think they've, they've been making it, it work. Out. I think they've got it figured out. Yeah, I think so too. And a personal favorite of mine, Phil Hartman, as the character of Ted. That's no love. Also, rest in peace. He is. He is um, like a different generation. Like he. He's like the um, uh, Bill Hader almost of that of that generation. He's great straight man. Yeah, but then but then he can also like in I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) I loved him, and then I was I was fucking sad. Like even as a what we were twenty something, I think got killed or about to be when he yeah when his his wife killed him right killed yeah so he was blowing up before his wife killed him and then she killed herself. He was originally a graphic designer and did album covers for Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young before he got on SNL. Yeah. That's nuts. Then he was in the Groundlings. Okay. Where he met and befriended John Lovitz. He was like best friends with John Lovitz and Paul Rubens of Pee Wee Herman. Oh. Fame. He helped create Pee Wee Herman. 
He was on that show, was it? Was he? He, he was, was Jombie. Jom- he was Jombie. Make a like a high, make a hidey ho. Amazing voice yeah. on him. Um, that his voice was phenomenal. And then he was on um, Simpsons. The Simpsons. A million yeah. voices. He was. Uh, and then he was on uh, News Radio. That show was fucking awesome, right? What, uh, News Radio. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think. What was his recurring Simpsons character? The main one, the actor. Oh, he was um, uh, McClure. I- yeah. Troy McClure. Yeah. Or, yeah. So, I mean, he took off when he was on SNL. He joined in 1986, did voices on The Simpsons, and then started to do more of, like, these kind of character acting roles. And then his, like, apparently, by all accounts, was, like, super mild-mannered. Yeah. Kept to himself. Like, a lot of people were, like, like that's he was kind of, like, that way. So, maybe there was some social insecurity there. Um, and then his, like, crazy wife just shot him just killed him and then she was apparently like hopped up on all kind of drugs and then Uh, she killed herself that's such a waste though and then she was apparently like all like super uh jealous of like the career that he was having because she was an actress and model and yada 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 so fucked up yeah it's very fucked up but anyway i feel like this role of ted was like the role he was born to play like this was the the perfect tailor-made role for what he does for his mannerisms Yeah. yeah definitely Definitely. And we got to shout out <laughs> young Jake Lloyd. Young Anakin Skywalker. Young Anakin as Jamie Langston. This was, I, I presume, had to be the thing that put him on Hollywood's radar. radar. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how or why, because he's fucking terrible. <laughs> he had one or two decent scenes in this movie. And yeah, but I mean, that's... <laughs> you can't say they didn't know what they were getting yeah. in Star Wars, because he turned in the same sort of, like, reading off cue cards type performance. It's terrible oh i and it is not just the phantom menace rub it's just like it's like watching someone that's like all right watch these adults say this and now you say it see i don't even in situations like this we've it's come up before on other podcasts i can't even blame the kid it's not the kid's fault that the kid's not up to this who cat like someone cast this kid I blame the adults yeah. around them that thought that, that, that putting this kid in was a good decision. But also, I want to go back and, like, like, I want to know about his parents. Like, what was the clout? Where, there, there had to have been some clout there. So I was looking him up on IMDb and his headshot on IMDb. This fucker nowadays looks just like AJ, like Anthony Jr. from The Sopranos. Like, yeah. Just like him in those yeah. later seasons. Sort of just real skinny with, like, that little painted on, like, a penciled in, yeah. you know, sort of goatee. Yeah. Whatever, at least that's his headshot on IMDb. You probably yeah, didn't even I, I saw like the that. same. I saw the same thing, and I was like, oh, AJ? Okay. <laughs> okay, Jake Lloyd. But that's the anyway. movie. Those are the people. Yeah. <laughs> Who, <laughs> what happens? I, I, let, me, let me tell you about tell it. Tell me. So the movie starts with that, that glorious 20th Century Fox animation. Can you see that without thinking Star Wars? No. Me neither. It's the first thing that I think of every single fucking time. I grew up, like you, probably watching those... The original Star Wars, yeah. the, the black and the green text Lucasfilm Limited. But even even the uh, even the re-release in the nineties, the 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 three yeah. tape VHS with uh, Leonard Maltin's um, <laughs> fucking commentary at the beginning, the uh-huh. little interviews with George, like George um, Sharpie Neck Lucas, <laughs> and and like that's it's like I as soon as the music plays, I'm like, well, it's a Star Wars movie. Absolutely, it's like, it, has it's, to be. it shocks me that. That, that 20th Century Fox didn't go and do audience testing and say, do we need to change things up because we're confusing the people? The fanfare yeah. is, is like, it's that's just the Star music Wars. for Star Wars, and then we'll change the music for other movies. But it was on things before Star Wars, yeah, right? Definitely, yeah. Okay, it's but, just like in my brain, it's yeah. so ingrained. Yeah, well, I mean, like, 
good for the marketing team from Lucasfilm yeah. and, and THX and <laughs> 20th Century Fox and all the rest. So anyway, it opens with some action from Turbo Man, a TV show, which is a Power Rangers spoof. Were you a Power Rangers guy? I was, even though I admit that I was a little old to be a Power Rangers guy. I think my younger sisters were watching it. I think I didn't see what all the hubbub was about. Yeah. I was too busy watching like Beavis and Butthead. Or- I was a big fan of like the... the like Japanese, like Godzilla, like that kind of yeah. thing. Ultraman. I loved that kind of stuff. So it was that that element that really intrigued me. Um, not so much the the action or the stories or anything, but I just loved that kind of TV show. Okay, the monsters like destroying cities and shit. Um, the heroic Turbo Man and his goofy sidekick Booster, which is some, I guess he's supposed to be like a cringer thing, but he's he's a biped. Yeah. He stands up on like on, a pink sort of saber tooth tiger. Yeah, it's weird thing. Um, battle the evil Dementor, and Dementor looks like leader uh, for Marvel Comics fame. He's a, he's a villain. Okay. Uh, gamma radiation. He's a Hulk villain. I think also like was maybe, he super smart? Yeah, that was his thing. Yeah, got like the exposed sort yeah, of. He brain. wasn't strong. He was like very smart and had like a big cone shape. Who was the um. Krang. Yeah, like Krang Ninja was, Turtles. Yeah. Krang was just he a was disembodied brain. brain. <laughs> yes, exactly. Living inside of whatever that From other Dimension dude was. X. What was that other big dude, the robot sort of... It's just a suit that he was in. What was it? Did he have a name, though? No? I can't remember. I don't think so. Okay. I don't yeah, know. Just, his, yeah, just his, <laughs> his suit that he fit like in the tummy of, which We're was We're going to get a lot amazing. of nostalgia on this series, uh, I can tell well, already, I mean, and this, I love but it. That's, so much of this what, like, like conjured that imagery up. So in the show... Turbo Man saves the day, rescues a young boy using all manner of gadgets. Fucking Harvey Corman is the man tied up in the chair. Yeah, uh, you were telling me. I, I saw that name, and I was like, I guess I should know who that Carol is. Carol Burnett Legend. He he was all, like, he played a lot of the straight man characters in the thing to, mm-hmm. like, Tim Conway's goofy, like, legendary acting okay. roles on that show. But, like, like tall, svelte-looking guy. And so when I saw this, I was like, holy shit. And I felt like whoever was in charge of casting was like going out of their way to find some like old Hollywood we, guys. Yeah, we needed cameo. This was like the time for cameo. So Dementor was Richard Mall. Yeah. From, from, uh, from, from Night Court. Court Bull. Da, 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 yeah. And I was just like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But it just should have been like bigger A-listers. Like Arnold should have called in all favors, you know? Yeah. Get, get like fucking Charlton Heston <laughs> or somebody in there, you know? Like, should have gotten Sven in here for something. Danny DeVito. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Danny DeVito could have been a Santa. For example, yeah, anyway, uh, so we cut to young Jamie Langston, played by Jake Lloyd. He's watching the show on TV and it's like cheering along with all the heroics on the show. Dementor swears he's going to get revenge and then he disappears in a puff of smoke. Turbo Man returns the rescued boy to his parents, who appear to be president and first lady, even though she's like way younger, yeah, which we've had recently. In the White House, yeah, yeah. but I—that's how you like. I saw she was credited as First Lady, yeah. But I'm just like, damn, it would have made more sense if like this was the president's grandson or something, you know. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they were that concerned about it. Yeah, people suspend suspend their disbelief. So Harvey Corman thinks Turbo Man, and Turbo Man drops what is, I guess, like one of many catchphrases, but one that like proves to be a big thing in the movie is you can always count on me and gives a little double digit finger salute thing. He's very much like a Buzz Lightyear yeah, type of thing going time. on. Big time. Which was, I think, I think Toy Story came out like right around and the even same time. His costume looks like a cross between Rocketeer yes. and Ultraman. Maybe Flash, a little like Flash and color scheme. Like, but 
like the build of the tick. Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. You know, the flash color scheme, definitely, just because it's like mostly red and gold. So Jamie's mother, Liz Langson, played by Rita Wilson, enters and tells Jamie to go to uh, go and get change for his karate class. <laughs> Jamie complains that dad's not home. And but then he's like, uh, he'll probably like miss me getting my belt anyway because he misses everything. He was such a rotten actor, dude. I can't even see him like read things without just in my mind hearing that. Like, what are midi chlorians? He's fucking terrible. He can barely read. <laughs> is is the thing that I'm getting? It's like Which, I can I can feel his parents beating him. We are talking about a seven year old, so I want to cut. Is him he seven slack. at this time? Yeah. Well, shit, man. He's that's ro- really that's a small. lot to ask. Well, then in that case, he's a lot younger than I thought. He's an old-looking seven-year-old. You think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a, like a seven-year-old nephew, and he looks younger than this kid. Yeah, absolutely. This kid's oh, just I'm got shocked, a big, then. bulbous head. So I do think it's a lot to ask for uh, a seven-year-old. He also had Jim Carrey's haircut from like Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. Just like a bad haircut. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. I was it's thinking... Little, like like mauled buzz cut thing happened. Yeah. Before we move on, I was thinking about this. That role of like being young Anakin, that had to be like the most sought after kid role maybe until until maybe Harry Potter or something like yeah. that came along. Yeah, good but call. like the most pressure like on who are we going to find to play this kid in this movie that we already know is going to be a huge hit. Yeah. So we got to find a good kid to do it and they but just why settle i mean why how old was Haley joel could he have been anakin was Fuck he the right you. age yeah yeah he would have been for sure okay because that kid could fucking act yeah and it would have been amazing maybe i, I don't no, know if he would have fixed been. the bad script i mean the, my problem is you're asking a kid to talk about fucking medichlorians what are what uh, are medichlorians sir i'm wondering uh, I heard are? Master Yoda talking about uh, Medichlorians. Uh, what are Medichlorians? Uh, fucking shit. So anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Jamie's dad's a deadbeat, we gather. Ja- I apologize, Jake, because I <laughs> ain't no way Jake Lloyd's not listening. Yeah, yeah. Well, you and Daniel Day, they're probably listening together, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're listening out. together. What do they drink, scotch, and listen to definitely, podcasts? Definitely, But okay. they're they're probably drinking, well, because it's, what is it, Friday? Then it's single malt. It's a single ball <laughs> night. Single Otherwise, ball. they'd be they'd be drinking blended with with I don't know what, a mixer or of some something. Kind. Yeah. What are they? But what are they Johnny Walker. Okay. <laughs> tonight they're drinking. Tonight the they're good drinking stuff? Brook Lottie or Mac, the McAllen or something like Lagavulin that. Lagavulin. <laughs> now they're drinking some good shit. Um. So yeah, Liz assures Jamie, "Hey, son, your dad's gonna be there. He's probably just very busy at work." So we cut to Howard Langston's, that's Schwarzenegger's office, where. A company Christmas party is in full swing. <laughs> Shouldn't he have been partying? He should have been. Wouldn't but that have he's been the better cut? He's actually working. Yeah, like, he actually is busy. He's not just like cutting up with the with the. Well, that's the thing is like they immediately want to paint him a workaholic, and maybe there was an earlier thing where he's like maybe a philanderer or something. Yeah, like that. Well, I, I, just like, the thing like, at least he should have been throwing back drinks and cutting a rug. Yeah, so he's still up in his office making that paper. When we see him, he's on a call with a client saying tried and true corporate America aphorisms like, we're real busy, but I like that. And that company order by next week won't be a problem because you're our number one customer. 
Is so, watching Schwarzenegger try to pretend to be a salesman <laughs> is like just weird. It doesn't work. No. It's like watching him pretend like when he's in the racer when he's just pawing at that computer. Yeah. <laughs> like I can find the data. <laughs> or when he was like reading those maps in commando. It's like, dude, you're not a you, salesman. Oh, these ch- according to these charts. charts. I just had a protractor <laughs> and, a, and a ruler, a slide rule. So while he talks his he secret- also, no, he doesn't know how to pretend like he's having a phone conversation no. either no it was just odd, yeah that's man. the thing too it's like has schwarzenegger been so busy that he he's like it's lost on him how to do menial things well he's not he probably never had a proper acting class i but this doesn't seem like the type of thing that they teach in acting class how to pretend you're on a phone call when there's not someone actually on the other end yeah so i don't know yeah while he talks his <laughs> secretary pulls an andrew lincoln and love actually holds up signs reminding him that he's Jamie, that Jamie's karate class is about to start. He He's like, get out of the office, like mimes to her. Mm-hmm. As she leaves, more calls come in, more clients with more requests that are also problematic because they're all his number one customer. Everybody, every single one, one customer. My number one customer. I did a little freeze frame analysis. Apparently, he sells mattresses. Yeah, I saw that. So, yeah, I, yeah. And mattresses I guess it's a mattress. box springs. So, that's light years ahead of its time since that's now like uh, in the instant ordering yeah uh era. he must be like a wholesaler or something yeah. like he, he provides he them to, to the to, ma- to the mattress hotels, stores to or hotels or oh, something good shout. that was yeah. the, okay. like that was what i was thinking is they're like oh we need them in a different color because we're in a hilton and there was wherever. a brief moment where he was working the little grip exercise or yeah. thing that was the only explanation to how it is that he's fucking completely jacked yeah he's like the most jacked mattress salesman in america <laughs> so liz calls to check on him he assures that he's going to be at the karate demonstration thing, but he's distracted with work, so he wraps the call by telling her that that she's his number one customer. And he's <laughs> like, oh, fuck, I'm so sorry, but she, like, hangs up on him. Arnold was trying so hard to act uh, in this I scene. I feel like this whole movie, but also I feel like this is one of those things where, and we can't assume that Arnold ever had time to live in a character. Yeah. There are very few roles where I'm like, yeah. Arnold had time to like really think about this. This was this was not. This one is of those a rush things. job. Yeah. But I feel like as a man, he has experience being a bad husband, like life experience. <laughs> it should have come naturally. That's amazing. To Make sure that that stays in. <laughs> so yeah, he yeah, like he realizes once they're off the phone, he like he screwed up and he scrambles to get out of the office on the road. And he like it's like reassuring himself, "I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it." And his a sense like he's not gonna make it. I love that bit. So yeah. we cut to Howard tearing ass to the slick Minneapolis streets and, of course, right into gridlock traffic. I can't speak as to what Minneapolis's traffic situation is like, but I'm sure going out of any metro area at rush hour, it's not great. Well, he reacted like he's never seen traffic yeah. before. He's like, oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck are these cars? <laughs> I've never seen another car. <laughs> Cut over to Falcon Heights Elementary School, <clears throat> where Jamie and other karate students are entering the gym. <laughs> One parent's recording his boy, Johnny. That's Ted, Phil Hartman's character, who's sitting beside Liz. Culture has not changed, man. Like, no. all those parents with those massive camcorders, we got to just yeah. videotape this shit. Yeah, because some shit we're never going to watch again. We're never going to look at it again. Nope. nope. So various single moms start hitting on Ted, which is amazing while the kids are all doing their karate demonstration that shit was wild when she's like i got a porch light then he says you're such a handyman he's like well i've got just I got the, the perfect tool, tool for, the for job. it yeah it's like oh, then he oh, gives oh. this amazing like look where he's like 
Like, like it was slow walking the door to Liz. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's almost like he's like, can you believe this is happening to me? He's like trying to disarm her. Liz seems kind of grossed out by it, admittedly. Yeah. So out in traffic, Howard, like a complete fucking asshole, decides he's going to drive on the shoulder. Ooh. And... I, nothing makes me I like want to pull over and open the passenger door that, so that shit, he knocks it off. That's the closest I ever get to murdering someone is when I see someone like cutting, just driving in the shoulder. Yeah. I'm like suffer with the rest of it. I mean, admit it. That's like some student loan bullshit, but it I, is, I, I, and I it's it. also like, I always think to myself, but it's also against the law. It could be someone who just got a call. that Their wife was in the hospital. Maybe. And like, but I doubt it. They're yeah. just assholes. Yeah. The Howard's got a big shit eating grin on his face while he's doing this. Like <laughs> this he's is going perfectly. Like, yeah. Reassuring himself that he's going to make it until a motorcycle cop pops out and pulls him over. Mm-hmm. Howard tells the cop that he's in a huge hurry because he's really late for his son's karate class. The cop's response and delivery are golden's like, oh, I do apologize if I've caused you some sort of delay. How thoughtless of me. <laughs> because the last thing I want on my conscience right now is for a private citizen to somehow be disappointed in the performance of my duty. Ooh, that it guy. He's just so fucking awesome. Total prick, yeah. but also completely accurate. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> From my like, experience interacting with police. Yeah, Howard tries to walk Wait, it back. Wait, we got to shout out Robert oh, Conrad. Yeah, we do. Rob Conrad, like, um, stunt actor, um... TV film actor and singer from like that that from 50s 60s Hollywood well probably 40s 50s 60s but yeah. then even a little later so and he was the I, I looked him up because I was like this guy must be somebody because he is he is the bearing of movie. classic Hollywood he was the lead character in Wild Wild West the TV series he played Jim West when he was the lead in another show called Hawaiian Eye which seemed like some sort of Magnum PI type. Like I'm a you know, private yeah, eye lots in Hawaii. Of, lots of detective shows and stuff, yeah, and westerns, and then a couple of uh, like World War II era TV shows. Yeah, as well. yeah. So he's but he is like old Hollywood. But it, but again, this made me wonder if whoever was in casting was like, I fucking loved that guy. Let's get him some work. It was a good role for him. Yes, yeah, perfect. Yeah. So Howard tries to walk his offense back, but the cop tells him to get out of the car, puts him through an exhaustive field sobriety test. Back at karate class. He gym. had him doing the fucking, like, say the ABCs backwards. backwards. Yeah, that, I used to practice that shit because I'm like, I don't think I could do that sober. Uh, yeah, I would. Like, could you do it on the spot if someone was like. No, I'd say how. Uh, you're not going to time me, are Z, you? Z, Z, Y. Y, X. Yeah. W, V, U, T, S, R, Q. Oh, you're nailing it. <laughs> the, the, or the, the, and we're a little drunk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we are doing it. You're good to drive. <laughs> I'm good to drive. Wow. <laughs> drive as fast as you can. Around the neighborhood. Let's <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> so, so back at karate class, JB successfully breaks a board, which is enough to earn him his purple belt. That's right. I guess. But he's crestfallen when he looks around and realizes dad's not there. I just saw him and thought, this is damn near a Jedi outfit that he's wearing. Yeah. You know, it's like the karate gi. Yeah. He looked, he looked the part. Uh, sometime later, Howard makes it to the gym, but it's empty except for the poor custodian who's been relegated to like cleaning up all the broken boards and shit. Why? What the fuck is going on in this that school? That is horse shit. They like, left- would you not tell the kids, hey, clean that up. Let's put it in a bag and carry it out. No, this they're doing their karate class at the public school, it yeah. seemed. Keep that custodian around to sweep up our broken boards no. after. How late? It's like nine o'clock at night or yeah. some shit. 
on on Christmas Eve Eve. Yeah, that's horse shit. That's not going to fly. Also, Howard running in there like, dude, you know damn well you just r- drove up to an empty school. Like yeah. they're not in it there anymore. It's, it's over, o'clock. dude. You have a watch. The, the <laughs> clock in your car in your Suburban works. So anyway, as Howard pulls in his driveway, he's surprised to find neighbor Ted putting up lights on the Langston residence. Howard's like, Ted? And yeah. Ted's like, hey, I had some extra lights and I, I couldn't help but notice what, you know, like, you haven't done shit. So yeah, what right. Since you haven't put up any yourself. I thought, what the heck? Why not spread a little Christmas cheer around the neighborhood? That voice. <laughs> it's just like, oh, you want to punch that oh, man. Oh, my God. So Howard's like <laughs> sarcastically thanks, Ted, for thank you for being so thoughtful. It's a real talent to be able to be annoying while also being what seems like just a genuinely yeah. good person. Right. Like I think about, uh, remember um, Gail from Breaking Bad? Like, yes. The other dude where like, you just don't like him for some reason, but he's nothing but a nice guy. Yeah. Or, um, but he's punchable. Was the dude's name? What was the dude's name in uh, Better Call Saul? The other lawyer, the blonde-haired dude. Oh, Howard. It was like he never did anything malicious or mean to anybody he's in just the an whole series. Standing citizen. And for some reason, you just wanted you were rooting for his downfall or bad things. Yeah, because you, like, become, you become attached to Saul, and because like anything that stands in Saul's way, even though Saul's kind of a fuck face, yeah. it's like God damn it, Howard, I hate you. Or like even Flanders though- on The Simpsons, who's like. The prototype good human being, and you're like that fucking annoying Flanders. Well, I can just tell you, it's the same reason that people love Donald Trump <laughs> and their ilk. It's stupid, sexy Flanders. <laughs> so, uh. so Ted then tells him, he, like, I'm sorry you missed the karate demonstration, but don't worry because I got the whole thing on video. And Howard gives him like a, this shit eating look, like, no. Howard gives him this like eat shit look as he walks away. It's decent acting from Schwarzenegger yeah. that bit. Facial acting is great. So inside, Howard, without greeting anyone, immediately is like, hey, did you ask Ted to put lights on the house? And she just ignores him and is like, do you know what time this is? It and is he- a ballsy move to walk in from having missed the karate class instantly criticizing her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, um, she ignores him and asks, do you know what time it is? Um, he complains about the terrible traffic and getting a speeding ticket and she's like i'm not the one that needs an explanation so howard finds jamie in the den watching tv it's a turbo man commercial yeah uh comes on thankfully jamie is not happy to see howard howard tries to explain why he missed the class but jamie runs to his room doesn't say anything howard follows him and tries to patch things up but jamie like slams the door in his face did you notice like the weird sort of so they were in the room together right having a little showdown and then jamie comes running up the stairs and howard comes from a different direction like following it was just a weird stairs a weird way they blocked it though because but he was coming from a different room having been just in the same room or something it was odd anyway i noticed that i was like this bothers me a cut scene or something like that. something happened yeah so Howard follows him. Jamie slams the door in his face. Howard goes like goes in and then says, can I come in? I'm like, fucking, you just let yourself in. That so, room was like every fucking whatever eight-year-old's man, dream, dude. Well, yeah, he's a Marvel nerd, a comics nerd. Which Who put I, the massive the Captain America murals on the wall? That was awesome. Yeah, that that cost and yeah. it made me it made me mad at Jeff and Gina for depriving us of all the like <laughs> so I was of, not of a letting com- me let my I wasn't fly. a comic book guy, but I'm just like, damn. These Langstons must be like having some bank because yeah. this cost 
thousands well, of dollars. He owns that mattress factory, baby. <laughs> the original, he, he the original, the original mattress, mattress, mattress factory. <laughs> so Howard tries to be goofy dad. Jamie's still not biting. Then there's this whole bit with Howard picking up Jamie's purple belt, like this trying to be funny really with it. Cool. And uh, like tying it on as a headband and doing like a karate kid crane kick. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is, it's like painful to watch. It was, it was bad, but I, I could still respect yeah. the homage to karate. But kid. man, it's like, it seems disingenuous, but I guess there are dads out there that are like, that. thing was going for it, man. Yeah. Um, Jamie isn't amused and he goes and sits at his desk and starts drawing a picture of a happy family. The was that sin- weird? Yeah. Like that is like in a bad mood. And he's like, I'm just going to sit down and draw a smiling, happy family. First thing that pops into my mind is the family I wish I had. I guess that's what's happening. So the sincere music swells. Howard walks over and says, you know, look, I know that I fucked up. Jamie's like, I don't care. Howard says that he really wanted to be at class. But Jamie says, you always say that, but you still never show up. And Howard says, look, I'm sorry. And to make it up to you, if there's like, I want to know if there's something special that you want for Christmas, something that I can do for you, my son. Can I buy you your forgiveness? Can I buy you? Yeah. So Jamie's like, there is, but don't worry about it. I talked to Santa. And Howard's like, well, you know, sometimes Santa gets busy and parents need to help him out. Dude, Schwarzenegger trying to be like the tender father is a stretch. Yeah. I mean, where is this John was, Matrix? This was better than Commando, where <laughs> they had like a brother sister vibe. Yeah, but I, Jenny, this is I would do anything for Jenny. Jenny, all that matters now is Jenny. All that matters <laughs> now is Jamie. But he did this shit better in Kindergarten Cop, like yeah, being just totally. a. I don't know. At this point, he had kids. At this point, he, Arnold was a family man, but he still couldn't really well, pull he it had, off. He had children. We don't know if he was a family man. <laughs> He had a lot bigger, of families. Yeah. <laughs> just bigger the housekeeper. Oh, <laughs> Arnold, than I Eddie. love you. Yeah, we do. Please love you. come on. We the know podcast. you're listening with Daniel Day and um, yeah. and Jake Boyd. Drinking so, that schnapps. That's right. So JB goes full Ralphie in Christmas story. Um, when he lights up and he's like, "I want Turbo Man with all the fixings, all the bells and whistles." That had to be the audition scene. I feel yeah, like was rattling definitely. off that commercial because he nailed that shit. Battery's not included. Of all the stuff I've ever seen Jake Lloyd do, I felt like this scene was the strongest acting I've seen from him. Yeah, because it's not strong. It's not great. It's, yeah, it's like, but it's like he's he's supposed to be conveying having memorized the thing. Yeah, he's heard it a hundred times. This is a commercial. Listen to this commercial I memorized. Yeah. Parents love that shit because then they can say, listen to my kid do this crummy commercial. <laughs> a crummy commercial? A crummy commercial? <laughs> so... <laughs> JB says all his friends are getting one and that any kid without one will be a fucking asshole. <laughs> that was rough, but yeah. it's also true to <laughs> yeah. life, I think. Yeah. Like so Howard, his reaction was, Don't worry, that won't be you. Yeah. Like I'm that's gonna, problematic, isn't it? Don't like, worry, son. We'll make sure you're not a loser. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, it should be like a well, you know, son, toys don't make why not? Kid a lo- Why not? Material things don't make you a loser. Why or not? not? We survived the get. We survived Leningrad. <laughs> Fuck your toy. <laughs> Something like that. I climbed. I scaled the Berlin Wall <laughs> and escaped East Germany. <laughs> Fuck your toy. <laughs> anyway, Jamie's like in communist <laughs> Germany. <laughs> so Jamie thanks Dad, gives him a big hug, and tells him he loves him. There's this heartfelt father son moment where. Arnold's flinging Jake Lloyd around the room with abandon. I want, I want Arnold to do that to me. Right now. <laughs> yes. He still could. Pick me up and spin me around. Yeah. So later, as Howard and Liz are preparing for bed, 
He's basking in the glow of successfully bribing his son for forgiveness yeah. and regaling Liz with stories of the bonding over Turbo Guy. Oh, you should have seen us. He, did you notice his t-shirt? Hell yes. The fucking Centennial Olympic Games, Atlanta 96. The site of the Eraser premiere. That's right. <laughs> He's like, I want to wear this commemorative t-shirt that I, that I had from earlier. That's awesome. So Liz interrupts him and gets serious saying, you got the doll, right? Frantic music and a tight zoom in on Howard's panicked face clues us in that he clearly does not remember the doll. It's like, clearly. If you're yeah. Liz, you know he's fucked Immediately. this up. And she's like, don't tell me. Please do not tell me. She's like, I, I reminded you to get this thing two weeks ago. Howard stammers, then lies, saying, of course. And she's like, do not tell me you forgot the doll. He says, I've got it, and tries to prove it by reciting all the shit that he that he just heard his son spouting off, and she is very relieved. Then he doubles down on his lies by <laughs> teasing her for thinking he'd forgotten and saying that he, he went and got one right away. It's a big hubris move yeah. to shame her yeah. forever How doubting How could you him. doubt me, bitch? <laughs> You're such a weak wife. So, um, yeah. Liz says, good, because it would be impossible to find one so close to Christmas. Mm. She turns the light out, and there's this a musical beat, and we see Howard's panic-stricken face in a pool of light. <laughs> the next morning... That was there, so there's the premise. Yeah, there's the whole premise That's of the, the movie. so simple, it's so much up. potential. That's right. So, the next morning, Jamie's enjoying a bowl of Turbo Man cereal in his Turbo Man pajamas. Uh, we see Howard come racing down the stairs and, like, trying to get out the door, but Liz stops and is like, where the fuck are you going? And he says, Liz, he wait, has, Liz, perfectly styled hair and makeup, yeah. and she's still in her pajamas. She never went to sleep. <laughs> I guess. Uh, <laughs> no. She was up all night vacuuming. Yeah. She's a fucking Stepford wife. She, she, yeah, she was like mixing the cake batter, the cookie dough. She's getting everything <laughs> ready. She was like my Nana, like up all night. So um, he's like, oh, I got to run to the office real quick. I'll be right back. And she's like, hey, man. You can't be going to the office on Christmas Eve. And at this point, like watching this, like, whoa, fuck, it's Christmas Eve? Yeah. No they, one does anything on Christmas they Eve. They cut to the quick. <clears throat> yeah. So he comes in close and tells her that he has to go pick up the D-O-L-L, which he left at the Since office by mistake. Apparently his seven-year-old son can't spell. He's dyslexic. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, as he turns to go again, Jamie stops him saying, hey, you can't go to work because we've got there's the parade. And Howard's like, what? And Jamie's like, you know, it's the holiday entertainment parade that we go to every year, except it's not you because you're never around and me and mom go. <laughs> and then he and then he tells Howard, you have to be there because Turbo Man's going to be at the parade and you can't miss it. Mm -hmm. Howard's like, I promise you I'll be at the parade. Big shit eating grin from Jamie. <laughs> Howard finally makes it outside, but just in time to see Ted, neighbor, race up with a reindeer on a leash. Ted says, it's a Christmas surprise for Johnny, his son. Yeah. Howard continues to be sarcastic with Ted saying, you think of everything, don't you? Ted replies, Howard, I'm of the mindset you can never do too much to make a child's Christmas magical. <laughs> Everything he says is like disingenuous yeah, bullshit. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's you know? So he's so good at that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I jotted down here. Howard had asked him, well, what are you going to do with this ranger after? And he's like, I've been watching a family of deer down by Lake Minnetonka. Minnetonka. I love that I shit. I thought I'd take him down there and set him free. If nature's kind, they'll take they'll. They'll take him in like he's one of their They'll own. They'll take him in like he's one of their own. <laughs> Fucker. And Howard's like, how touching. <laughs> then Howard tries to pull the, like, pet the reindeer, but it nips at him, which Ted's then like, that's odd. 
Reindeer are usually <laughs> such gentle animals. There must be something about you he doesn't like. <laughs> he's, so, so he's like, Nita, he won't stop. He's looking for angles. Howard like tries to take his leave, but then Ted asks, like, where are you off to so early? And Howard tells him he's off to pick up a Turbo Man for Jamie. And then... <laughs> This is my you, favorite uh, you, line. You, you this is my favorite line. line in the movie. I yeah. think is, I got a Turbo Man for Johnny months ago. It's nestled safely under our tree. Just slow you walking fuck. it in. It's I nestled wanna, safely you under rip. our tree. It's nestled safely under I feel our like tree. Phil Hartman's one of those dudes because I kind of get like this was like he found his wheelhouse. Maybe he Dan Aykroyd it. He found his wheelhouse and then had to kind of like stay there. And then I can't remember who it was, maybe someone from news radio, but talking about like how you could never really know Phil Hartman because he was always kind of this guy. He was doing a shtick all the time. Yeah. Just had to kind of stay there. Okay. And, um, but man, fucking perfected the art. I mean, he was born to play this role. Yeah. His nestled safely under our tree. Yeah. So as Howard tries to drive off, Ted tells him that it's supposed to get icy later. Maybe you ought to put some <laughs> chains on those tires. And, and then Howard mumbles, maybe I should wrap some chains around you. Anyway, he pulls away, and then we see Ted roughly yank the yeah. reindeer's leash. Like, come on. A little crack in the facade yeah. of Ted. And that's the end of the first act of this <laughs> yes. movie, of our, of our walkthrough of Jingle All the Way. This movie moves briskly. It does. Yeah, I like it. Without without our um uh, preamble, this episode would have been 15 minutes long. <laughs> but... But we know you enjoyed it, and there's uh, some stuff we'll come out, so. I'm sure. But, uh, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a good time so set up. There you have it. Um, We're going to speed walk high, our way through the rest of this shit. High jinks are going to ensue. You're going to love it. Yeah, we'll be back next week with more on Jingle All The Way. We'll be back. They call me back, no Santa. I make my runs about the break of day.